Okay, I, I really like all the African business stories. It's all terribly important, and I, we will talk about that. But more important than anything else is, did you go to the edge of the brick, uh, to the edge of the bridge over the Zambezi River and throw oh. yourself off it, Victor Homaswana? No, they threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, you were clearly attached to something, so it's they, fine. Yeah, no, and it was triple secure, but I still felt, no, wait a minute, man. I'm but not you did a, a bridge swing from the big I bridge did. on Big Falls. I did, yeah, I did. I, then I knew Zambia is a special country. If it could get me to do something like If you know my fear of heights, Bruce, you will know. I, I'm, not, I'm scared of being on my own roof. So 53 meters, I thought no. But, but, but you did it, and were you yeah. completely exhilarated? Was it absolutely the best thing ever? You know what it is? It's about overcoming fear. That's why I did it. It's a bit philosophical, yes, a bit creepy maybe, but it's important to overcome your fears. And and as I say, I'm terrified of heights. So bungee jumping next time? Looking where I'm going, I'm like, no, 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 no. well done. It'll nice, take a while. A nice family holiday in Zambia. Let's talk yeah. uh, about the big stories in uh, what's going on on the African continent. I'm just seeing far too many negative Zimbabwe yeah. stories again, and I'm wondering whether or not they're running out of steam. The, you know the problem, Bruce, and I and I'll say this over and over again about Zimbabwe. This is the Confederation of Zimbabwe in Industries going to the European Union trying to sell the country to get investments, and they say they need they need about eight billion dollars for working capital and equipment upgrades. Because think about it, since the land reform process started in two thousand or so, many investors have, who've been having assets there have been saying, "Well, let's wait and see how it goes." Then dollarization came, the high, what is hyperinflation came. So when you have an uncertain environment, investors aren't committing. What happens? You hold, you need to upgrade, you don't do it because you want to know what's happening. Then indigenization came. So it is, yeah, it, it, the industrial capacity declining from 44% or so, which is already low to 39% in 2020. And now because although they had some growth from the zero base that was after they dollarized, you can't sustain because there's still the political elephant in the room. How how long before Zimbabwe is a fully democratic country and we know the results, elections results can be predicted? Like, for instance, as you say, they can be more relied upon that there will be a, a, a result that people can embrace. Like in Zambia, north of the country, like in Tanzania, you never hear about disputed elections in countries like that and that's why it's easy that even if there's a contest it will be something that goes away in a matter of a week but, but just decades of underinvestment taking yeah, their toll it, now it's and, going to, yeah. and the the whole indigenization issue whether or not it's sensible politics um yeah. it's bad economics yeah you just have to make a call and stick to it but as i'm saying i think the real enemy of zimbabwe is the political environment that people wonder how long are we going to be in a situation where we don't quite know what's going to happen, mm. will the elections be accepted? Will people challenge? Will they not challenge? Will the election be stolen? Will it not be stolen? You can't run a country, an economy like that. And that's why it's going to be just simmering. It will never really take off in the way that I know it could because it's a central economy. It shares borders with lots of countries, which means trade could just rocket. Oh, yeah. But it's not going to happen. But in this case, as I say, it's already running a trade deficit. You can expect they are going to. They are importing seven point eight one billion dollars, and they are exporting what three point nine, whatever something like. It's not. It's not impressive. Knowing what Zimbabwe can do, I'm always feeling it's almost one of those latent stories that will never take off. No, it's perpetu- perpetually resolve. disappointing. Yeah. There are some concerns about the the level of safety standards within Zambia, yeah. the place you've just been to. Yeah, twelve miners losing their lives in separate in, in, incidents last year. The minister of of mines saying, "Listen, the mine safety department, you better step up because on Monday this week there was something a 31 year old miner dying after he said it was blown off in a." 
explosive. Another one working underground last week died. So it's it's one of those where the deputy minister says, are we going to see any change? And with Zambia being the mining economy that it is, mining safety is going to have to be taken seriously. Remember, there are Chinese miners here and there, and there was an incident where a, a Chinese mine manager was attacked by workers. And some of the reasons they were attacked had to do with leave or breaks, being penalized for mm-hmm. taking breaks, but also safety as well. Yeah, some some real concerns there. Interesting to see that the billions that are being spent on financial inclusion, and financial inclusion is a hot uh, topic within financial circles at the moment, trying to get as many people within the banking system as possible. It's getting more of us to use more financial products. Exactly. Think about and remember now, this inclusion, what is exciting is that it's, it's a survey by the World Banking Working Group. It's public funded. So you're talking development finance institutions that are putting money, the World Bank and all those organizations, but it grew 12% in 2012, totaling $29 billion, which means there's more an awareness that if you don't have a community or society that's connected to the financial sector, you can't really grow the economy. Just to illustrate, if you remember Somalia, when Bartley said they were going to cut off the supply of the of the money transfer business, it wasn't just one or two people in Somalia who no. were complaining. It was the entire country. Mm, and that shows you exactly what happens when you talk financial inclusion. And that's why Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, is is receiving more commitments than Latin America and, and Caribbean. The only other regions that are developing are still ahead is Eastern Europe, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, the, uh, what is it? We don't, we don't often talk about Congo Brazzaville. We hear about the DRC yeah. a lot. Congo Brazzaville, yeah. of course, is along the Congo River as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you're optimistic about investment there. Actually, no, that's one country you cannot be optimistic about. It's, no. it's way ahead of its, its neighbor, southern neighbor, which is Congo, uh, Kinshasa, as we like to say. Republic of Congo, north of the Congo River, Pont Noir, is going to be building a tanker port, which will have all kinds of multifaceted 31 keys, bulk, iron, and multifunctional keys. It's not my, my zone, really. I can't tell you much what's going on, but it's going to be a lot of logistical upgrade, a potassium factory, a refinery, a storehouse, a commercial zone, I don't know. But at the moment, it'll cater for ships with maximum capacity of 300,000 tons. So it means, and of course, the road that links that to the rest of the country and the train network is, is, is another part of the, of the development. But Congo Brazzaville is much, much more ahead. It's run better as a country. So that's why you don't hear a lot about it. Absolutely. It's, it's doing well. Africa Business Report with Victor Homeswana.